is up listeners welcome to tan 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 the currently only uh airing tinted podcast the other ones died um we killed them i'm sorry for Uh. confessing to this murder live on air um we're not legally accountable for our actions but we had to do it this is really getting away from me um (laughs) hi i'm sarah hi i'm janos we have never killed anyone no we have not uh Staged any train explosions. Yeah, we've never uh, used propaganda to invade other countries justifiably. (laughs) We've never uh, exploited an entire country using opium smuggling to fund our colonial crimes. That would be fucked up if that happened in real life. Yeah, good thing no one would ever do that. Uh, Yeah, welcome back to our Tintin podcast. This is episode two. Uh, yeah, the two Blue of Lotus them. episode. Can't believe we maybe, ma- we made it. I yeah, like maybe this is this is. Hey, Tintin's good now. Tintin's good now. This is a good comic. Uh, they decided to make it good. <laughs> Have you heard our first episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he really took our criticisms to heart. I think the they and they decided to make it good is just Zhang Chonren. Yeah. That's who decided that it was going to be good now. Yeah, so here's what happened. Um, there's So this is the Blue Lotus. This is uh, the fourth volume. Is it the fourth? Wait, it's the fifth. Soviet, Congo, America. It's the fifth volume if you count, if you count the Soviets one. Um, yeah, it's, it's the fourth one in English, the fifth one in uh, other languages that aren't English. Yeah. Uh, it's the second one in our uh, chronology. Um, and the first good one. <laughs> the first good one. The uh, the last one was Cigars of the Pharaoh, which we talked about the bunch last week. Um, we, we said some things about it. Uh, mm. Tintin wrestled a tiger, which was still very good. Um, still pretty good. And apparently I was just like looking a bit into the history uh, of, of, of the public publication of this. Like we talked a bunch about uh, the Vantiam, Siakla, Pati Vantiam, etc. Um, and it, I, I, an information that we like missed last time is that apparently mm-hmm. before, before Cigars of the Pharaoh... Tintin did an in-character interview for Le Petit Vantiam. What? Yes. It says, on, on 24th November 32, Le Petit Vantiam published a fictional interview with Tintin, in which he announced that he would travel to China via Egypt, India, Sri Lanka, and Indochina. And that resulted on, uh, in, in, like, a two-part adventure, right? Like, which was supposed to be titled Tintin in the Orient. Um, uh-huh. And the first half of that was The Guys of the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that that finished, the publication of that finished. And then, as you said, okay, the next bit is going to be in China. Mm. And some people, some, some people saw this uh, and, and they were thinking about how in the previous books that we didn't talk about, uh, there, were, th- there were a couple of Chinese characters that showed up and they were like very stereotypical. They had like long pigtails um, in... Yeah, it says in Tintin in the Lands of the Soviets, he included two pigtailed Chinese men hired by the Bolsheviks to torture Tintin. Uh, <laughs> and in Tintin of America, he featured two Chinese hoodlums who plotted to eat snow. So great stuff. Yeah, um, thanks, Roger. <laughs> he apparently didn't really know anything about China. 
it, like it, 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 it actually says in, on Wikipedia, he know he knew as much about China as he did about the Soviet Union or the Belgian Congo. <laughs> <laughs> it explains so much. <laughs> but this is where this is where the twist happens. There was a there was a Catholic chaplain named Leon Gosset who was overseeing Chinese students at the Catholic University of Leuven. Leuven. I don't know how it's, how it's pronounced. It's in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Had he contacted uh, Hergé and said, I, the Chinese students don't like the way you're, you're, you're... Like, they were reading your comics and they, they have some notes. <laughs> Hergé, are you accepting constructive criticism at this time? So he, he, uh, he put him in touch with a couple of his Chinese students and, like, the big one is Zhang Shongren. Uh, who they they met in thirty four, and they immediately became close friends. They spent every Sunday afternoon together uh, for over a year. This um, is so sweet. It's very sweet. Um, Zhang Chongren is is a Chinese orphan. Uh, his parents died at an early age, um, and then he grew up in a Jesuit orphanage and learned French. And then uh, and then he uh, left China in '31 to uh, study in the Académie Royale in Brussels. So he was like an art student. Uh, they connected as like fellow art artists, you know. Mm. And yeah, Hergé also learned about he learned about like the history of China from him and Chinese artistic styles uh, and also Taoist philosophy, which we will come back to later. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically the, uh, the the background to this. Like this, this resulted in in a story there where like Ergé, here's here's another interview uh, sequence that Ergé said about this. He says, uh, "Was it the time of the blue lotus that I that I discovered a new world? For me, up to then, Chinese China was peopled by a vague, slit-eyed people who were very cruel, who would eat swallows' nests, wear pigtails, and throw children into rivers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was that was his idea and." Uh, here he made a hard turn to um, actually do research. It's like it's wild. Like compared to cigars of the pharaoh, just like how spot on Blue Lotus is depicting like nineteen thirty Shanghai and like the political factions that like control slash fight over slash exploit the city and China. Like it's I'm like I I was. Like the re- like, we were late starting recording because I was just like, no, I have more notes to take. I have more <laughs> research to do because like there is so much in this uh, book that's like real and that like yeah. ha- because like th- there's just like every like little scene is like you- there's something to like you can Google about it and be like, oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, like um, and just like in general, the it's a- such a different fucking book. To Cigars of the Pharaoh, like, I unbelievably so. Um, and, like, I remember last episode I said something about how it feels like Hergé has a lot of sympathy for, like, the peoples he's depicting, like, the Arab. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't even fucking remember what happened in Cigars. I expen- <laughs> expunged it from my brain. Like, it felt like he had, like, a lot of sympathy for, like, the races he was depicting, but, like, absolutely zero empathy. And in Blue Lotus here, there is... So much like empathy yeah. directed towards the people of Shanghai. Yeah, um, and then in, in cigars, I think like even when he was like trying to be fair, or w- when he was like trying to subvert expectations, it was always like still on like an idea he had 
about the Orient, right? But not like yeah. actual, not like actual India or actual. I don't don't know what other countries Egypt. Uh, he uh, yeah he, he used in that um, like Emirates, I think, or whatever. Yeah, it was even back the, then, I don't even the names were all like f- fantasy racist names. Whereas in this one, it's like real Chinese names. Like even that is. Yeah, <laughs> such like, a difference. Because I'm just remembering how like we were discussing cigars, and we weren't quite sure if Hergé knew about racism. Yeah, <laughs> but like in here, it's like the nuance of like all the political factions. It's like he seems like he's hyper aware at like exactly all of the different ways in which the like local Chinese of Shanghai are being fucked over yeah. by imperialism. Yeah, from, that's like, the seventeen different directions. And, and that's and that's that's interestingly that's the thing where he like his contemporaries uh, were even like critiquing him because like he worked in this conservative mm. newspaper and everyone like in his circles uh, or like at his at his work circles they were like totally on the japanese colonizer side yeah in this situation like, <laughs> they were like what the fuck it, and it's so it's so like beautiful that like all it took was for him to have one friend yeah. who was like his best friend who was chinese and was like hey buddy this this it check this out yeah and it's like well we'll we'll get back to this story in like Many volumes when we get to oh, I'm Tintin so and Tibet, but the, so hyped the, for Tintin just the Tibet. fact that this friendship lasted like basically his entire life is uh, is fascinating. And like, yeah, because on like the Shang's wiki page, it's like they lost contact yeah. in like this, over the Second World War and like didn't talk to each other until like the seventies or something. And like, we we're still gonna get to Tintin in Tibet at that time. I'm like, oh my god, I just I'm really excited to sort of discover more about that mm-hmm. um but i don't know it's it's really kind of, it made me quite emotional reading this and just like thinking about how everything that's being shown like comes from herge and Zhang's friendship yeah um like it's very touching and just like the fact that there is like a there's the Zhang self-insert character um and how like him and tintin get along and i'm like this it's a metaphor for the relationship between Hershey and Chong. <laughs> it's um, like, yeah, it's like not even, it's not even subtle. It, it's very, uh, it, it, it's really like he, he's really wearing his hat on his sleeve in this one. Um, yeah. Um, like, like, do we want to like try and do a brief summary or just kind of go through I it? I think we can just go through it. There's, yeah. Yeah. This has more of a, it has much more of a plot than Cigars of the Pharaoh had, but it's still like, it's very much a like it's like a mob movie plot, I guess, with like these rival factions. So there's like a lot of like developments and twists and turns. Like it's part of it is like playing out like a you know it's a, it's an adventure story. So there's still gonna be like a lot of twists and turns where we can't like really do a two sentence summary, right? Yeah, it's like every other page like Tintin's being kept kidnapped yeah. by a different faction, and like someone else has done yeah. like a cool trick. Or yeah, like it does like you know, it's not as bad as cigars where it's just like every single page like something completely different happens and it has no relation to like two pages right. ago. Like every like hijinks escapade that Tintin gets into like is relevant to all the others, but it's still very much a lot of like push me pill you ah Tintin's here, Tintin's here, now he's here, now he's here, now he's here, now he's gotta go here. What's what I like I'm kinda like 
turned upside down. I'm like, what's happening? It's like, I have a very much like a general sense of like, oh, the Japanese want to do this. The like Shanghai International Settlement want this. Like the local Chinese like resistance people want this. But like all the actual things that happen, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he's like still, he's still making it, making it up from page to page, but at least he, he very clearly has like a plot outline. (laughs) For this one, which he didn't have for cigars with Pharaoh, like for yeah. cigars, he just took it where it's. He just went where it to, where the story took him, or where the. He's like, where can I do story? funny racism? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it in Indian now. And in this one, he seems to have like an ending point, and uh, you know, some story beats down, and the rest he just kind of wails to get there. It, it it's really doing it doing it wonders that he seems to have like at least a plot idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It starts. It starts where the last one left off, so there's still like a bit of leftover uh, Orientalism. Yeah. <laughs> the first sequence. We, st- we still got another fakir to deal with. Yeah, uh, Tintin is at the Maharaja's place uh, still. I do. I very much like that the sort of on the first like line here, it just has Snowy being like, "Oh, Tintin these days, always on his damn phone." <laughs> Because he's because Tintin's like playing with the shortwave radio yeah. thing, like decoding stuff, and Tintin's now he's just like, God damn it, I've not had a minute's peace since he fell for that shortwave radio. He's on his damn radio and just picking up. He's picking up weird signals where it's like very clearly a coded message, but he can't figure it out what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Maharaja. Uh, requests him to that, that that there's a visitor the visitor is a funny comedy fakir uh who does funny orientalism stuff mm-hmm. um i obviously i'm okay that this sucks but the part where he sits on a pillow and he's like ow this hurts i have sensitive skin is quite funny <laughs> classic fakir jokes i remember that one like i didn't remember that, that it was from twit tintin but like once we got to the joke i was like oh yeah i remember reading this i feel like they might do this joke in asterix as well they might like Okay. Um, so after the, so yeah, the funny racist fakir says, "Beware Asterix a man really with yellow just skin." This for a lot, right? Like it's just yeah. Some 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 of them are some of them have other stuff going on, but every time he goes to a different place, it's just gonna be this joke over like forty pages. Yeah. So yeah, the fakir does more racism. He's like, "Ah, watch out for a man with yellow skin, a black hair." Okay, great. Thanks. Um. <laughs> glasses yeah he then gets visited by a wee chinese guy who tries to like tell tintin something but then gets poisoned um which kind of like spurs a wee sequence of tintin just sort of going to shanghai yes and by poisoned Um, we mean of course uh he is shot by the poison of madness from the last uh volume so he starts singing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because that's what madness means which i know it'll keep happening yeah, this is um, this is like the leftover plot from the last one, right? That the, there's still this poison of madness that happened in the last one. Um, like it really is like the the opening the opening panel just says all the unresolved plots from the last book. Like there's this uh, this this poison juice, and then of course we don't know who the gang leader was um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who uh, fell off the cliff. Um, so, um, but yeah. actually, the 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 thing that uh, the Chinese guy tells him before he gets poisoned is he says the name uh, Mitsuhirato. Yes. Um, which in like on page five, like at the bottom, Tintin is like, "Oh, Mitsuhirato." It's like certainly a Japanese name, and like I'm that got me wondering if like 
Because like to me, a fucking weeb, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that yeah. sounds like a Japanese name. But I'm wondering if like your average like Belgian in nineteen thirty five would have picked up on that or if this is Hergé trying to be like, oh, Tintin is so cultured, he can recognize Japanese names. Yeah, I don't they know. Might, they might not have picked up on that. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, we talked about interesting times on my other podcast and uh, on that one. And that's a book lit- written much later and Terry Pratchett doesn't give a shit if it's, like, Chinese or Japanese. He's just going to mix them all together. Like, I assume that was what uh, what the culture around, like, East Asia uh, yeah. was in Belgium at the time, that it's all just... It's all just funny Asian stuff, so, yeah. Because, like, and it's, like, on this page, again, like, we get to Shanghai, and there's, like, there's, like, a little drawing of um, a guy in, like, a rickshaw, and there's an advertisement behind him with a light bulb. Yes. And, like, I ran this through, like, a translation app, and it's, like, oh, shit, this is, like, real text. This is a real (laughs) advertisement for, I think, Siemens. Yeah, that's the that's the that like besides besides providing Azure with like historical details and stuff. That's that was like Zhang's other a huge contribution that he uh, he helped him with uh, with like all the all the writings and the like Chinese clothing and uh, and just the way Shanghai looks. Like of course, Azure was working with like reference material, but like Zhang was also helping with him to an extent where uh, Azure wanted to give him co-writing credit, uh, which he denied. Yeah. Which I actually, I kind of feel like the, in the opening pages, like on the first page, like yeah. the title is there, like the Blue Lotus, and then underneath it is the title in Chinese. Oh, um, yeah. And that feels like putting that there is like Zhang's co-writing credit. Yeah. Um, like a nod to him. Um, but yeah, then we see, again, we get this like Shanghai street scene vista and like you Google pictures of Shanghai in the 1930s and it's like, yep. Yeah. Just like in Tintin. It's such a contrast from the last one. It's like it's... we turn a page and we get to China and it's like, oh, new book. Yeah, just just the art is so good in this. Um, like all the all the street drawing. Of course, like he he redrew some of them for the for the new edition, but this one is this one is much less redrawn. Like you notice it on the way the characters look. That uh, on on the first few pages, Tintin is drawn in the new style, and then for for most of it, he's still drawn like in he still looks like. Like he looks in Ajay's early art, like his like the head is a bit rounder, and you know it's it's not like yeah. he didn't completely redraw these because I like my theory is he didn't completely redraw this one as as he did the last one because uh, because like he put so much more effort it into good. it originally <laughs> that he didn't have to redraw that much. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I'm, all ju- the- I'm just looking at this like Shanghai street scene and like. It's so good. It's so fucking good. The colors are great too. Like the he, obviously the coloring was done later, but it's still like mm. this. This book looks great. Um, yeah, yeah. He arrives in, uh, he arrives in Shanghai, and he gets a letter from Mitsuhirato uh, that you should see him. Hershey did that thing again where Tintin is like, "Hmm, Mitsuhirato, how am I going to find this guy?" And then immediately gets a letter from yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> ah, plot. <laughs> It's good. I like it. He puts on a tie <laughs> to see him. He puts on a tie, <laughs> which looks great. Um, yeah, then he yeah, goes on the to. Way, he, um, he... On the way, there's like a. Yeah. Sorry, Anush. Um, you go. No, I was, I was gonna say the same thing that he <laughs> he oh, gets okay. he gets the address for Mitsuhirato, and then he uh, he tells a rickshaw driver to. Do you say a rickshaw driver? How do you say that if you're? 
the guy. Putting... I've been saying rickshaw driver, even though he's just this, it's just a guy pulling the yeah. little cart around. <laughs> it's not really that's driving. driving. Kinda. He tells the rickshaw driver the address, and then the then there's gonna, there's like a white guy who's reading a news newspaper, and he's like in the way, and the rickshaw driver bumps into him, and then the this white guy unleashes a bunch of racism at him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why is there so much ambulance outside my window? It's because they they can confu- they know about the racism. Yeah, in the <laughs> they're trying to stop it. Just like Tintin did is. someone bumped into someone here. Um, but yeah, like so, like Tintin uh, defends his rickshaw driver. He like gets the guy's stick and breaks it, and is like, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. He says "fuck" in real life. Um, uh. And then we have like a little sequence of this uh, white guy going into goes into a club which is called the Occidental Private Club. This is fascinating to me in contrast to Cigars of the Pharaoh again because we've seen these these same people were the good guys in Cigars of the Pharaoh, like these types of people who are sitting around here. Yeah, like Tintin was hanging out with these people in India. Yeah, yeah, and like, but here there's like there's an extended sequence where the guy is like talking about he says the word superb western civilization mm-hmm. as he like accidentally knocks like a waiter's tray of drinks like into his face a thing that he does and then he gets mad at the waiter for like what he just did and then sits back down and starts again talking about the words superb western civilization it's like the whole scene is like him just like looking like a buffoon yeah. um and it's like unlike in cigars where there was that scene of the the film set scene yes where it was like but in this one it's like it's really clear that Hergé is making a fool of this guy and like trying to be like yeah this this is wrong hey colonialism is bad wow cool robot (laughs) um yeah oh yeah they're like talking about how they're going to teach Tintin a lesson now um we don't really know what these people are up to yet yeah, uh, but they're like we know some that posh, like white guys them... in an occidental club, I guess. Yeah, so one of them is the uh, chief of police at the Shanghai International Settlement. Which, before I read this, I was like, okay, I'm sure that's just like the embassy. No, no, it turns out that like half of Shanghai was just like an international zone where like Westerner Westerners live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, the the entire Shanghai International Settlement was basically established so that, that, that like the West could trade opium to China, like hella fucked up shit. It's fucked um, up. Extremely relevant to like the entire plot of this book. Yeah, yeah, and it's why that he has a scene where he's where he's he's like, since I am the chief of police, I can teach him a lesson. Like that's yeah. It's like the way the international settlement is depicted in this book is just like, hey, these people are here to just, like, make money and exploit the Chinese. Yeah, it's... Which they were. At at no point does it show, like, the police to be in the right. Yeah, yeah. Tintin said ICAP. Um, then Tintin... All colonizers are bastards. Yeah. Tintin goes to see Mitsuhirato, uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what's he talking about? His, uh talking about how Mitsuyato is telling him about how the Maharaja is in great danger. Uh, yeah, and... he tries to, like, send him back to India yeah. to get Tintin out of Shanghai. Uh, which he almost succeeds in. Um, he, yeah, he tells him that, that he should especially beware of the Chinese. Yeah, the the way Mitsuhirado is drawn is, like, kind of sus, where yeah. he, 
And like the rest of the Japanese characters. All of the Japanese are drawn like this. Weird teeth. And I don't know why. I don't get it. It's like, it's not even just that it's racist to draw them like this. It's also just, I don't know where it comes from. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that having big teeth was like a Japanese stereotype, but who knows? Like like the way he draws like the Chinese characters is like, their skin tone is like, I guess a little bit yellower. You don't, you barely even notice with the way everyone else is colored. Like, yeah. Or like like the way Tintin is colored. Like the eyes are, it's like the way Tintin's eyes are like little vertical ovals. The Chinese characters are just little horizontal ovals, and there's like, there's not really much difference. Yeah. Like, and then just, yeah. Like, so obviously, like, the Japanese characters are justifiably and rightly so all the villains. Like, they're just sitting there doing war crimes. Um, but like, you didn't, you didn't have to draw them up. You didn't have to. Like, that's my. You could have just been normal. That's my one issue. Yeah. Is that you drew them like this because they are the. You know, in their role as the colonizers, they are obviously, like... Like, I, I, I don't mind him making all the Japanese bad guys because, you know, they're the colonizers in this situation. And Yeah, uh, he said fuck yeah. the Japanese and he was right to do so. Yeah. <laughs> he um. just didn't have to be racist about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, their next, like, sort of three pages is, like, Tintin goes back to his hotel and stuff. He gets sort of nearly assassinated about three times. Yeah. Um, and every time he's sort of, like, saved by this, like, mysterious, um, guy who is is sort of just, like, a Chinese guy in, like, the blue outfits. Yeah, Erge is subverting, um, uh, reader expectations who think that the Chinese are going to be the bad guys because, uh, this page ends with this Chinese guy, like, peeking out from behind the wall and... It looks like he's about to attack Tintin, but actually on the next page it turns out he's he's saving him from like this car that is going to drive by and do the like gangster movie shit where they like shoot out of the window with uh, with Tommy guns like shoot out like a- alongside the wall. Aye, aye. Um, this sort of culminates. Tintin ends up getting arrested by I think the police of the international settlement. Yes. Um, Hajjad then does, again, that sequence where uh, three extremely strong and buff guys come in to beat up Tintin. Uh, there's a fight that we don't see, and then, like, seven panels later, we catch the three extremely strong and buff guys in the hospital having been beaten up by Tintin. Is, like, thank you. How is Tintin Hajjad. so strong? He does uh, this, like, this five times list? in this book. Can we say Tintin did... Uh, I will say these three guys are like three seat guys, so they're like a little bit racistly drawn. So yeah. again, thanks Hoshai, but he did. They did get beaten up by Tintin, so he's just like he's not drawn strong, right? Like he has he has arms like me, but <laughs> <laughs> he's just a little guy. He has superior technique, I guess. He's all about. He's got the. It's his his hamon control is off the charts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then what else? Tintin gets back to his house or his hotel, sees Snowy drugged, finds out that this guy who's he thought was trying to kill him is actually saving his life. Yeah, it turned out um, the coffee had uh, or the tea was dragged, uh, which just fucked up yeah. to see Snowy. Like, Snowy almost dies in this book so many times. Tintin is just like, ah, you'll sleep it off, Snowy. <laughs> sleep it off. You'll be grand. You're just, I don't know. Like, he's he's just a little dog. Like, 
he's he's so much smaller than than Tintin, and Tintin was supposed to be the victim of this, and he also drank like the whole drugged tea. Like, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I he's know. incredible. I think he just like Snow is just incredibly resistant. Bit. Like the way that Tintin is fucking incredibly strong. Snowy has like a constitution yeah. thirty. Yeah, yeah. Snowy dumped all the all her points into constitution. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tintin gets a letter uh, to go to. A place. Uh, to go to a street I just called Titan. Tintin should stop getting letters and then immediately <laughs> doing what they say. I mean, it's like you know, you're like in a you're like in a D and D game, and you get like this mysterious note, and you're you're not gonna you're not gonna say, oh, I'm not gonna investigate this. Like even if you know that the DM prepared a trap for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. You got it, or um, or like, or like, you know, you're playing an adventure game. You have to like do all the things that that you get to move the plot forward. Like, Tintin is not gonna be yeah. like, no, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> this is the end of the Blue Lotus. Tintin is like, I'll just stay in my own lane. I'll just go home. Yeah, this Me all these Snowy. all these nighttime sequences where he like goes out look like beautiful. Like the coloring on these is so good. Like the just, they, just like okay, this blue shade I, and then the yellow lights. I kind of thought they had like HBO disease where I couldn't see what was happening, but that also may be because I was reading this at night and I was like, <laughs> this is too dark, I can't see what's going on. Like I had to hold the book really close to my face. Um, we'd say like they do look good actually. Yeah. I changed my mind. Um, but yeah, so he goes to the mysterious meeting. He meets uh, the guy who was the guy who was trying to save his life. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, he's mad now. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm gonna cut off your head. He's um, interestingly he has he gets the same drug, but this guy isn't singing. He just wants to behead everyone. That's I his mean, thing. singing, quoting Lao Tzu. What's the difference? Yeah, true. Yeah, it is like because he just seems very sane at the start yeah. like Tintin goes in the guy isn't responding and then Tintin is like well guess I'll leave and he's like no wait I've got something to tell you and Tintin is like oh this and guy the- just like other than the previous madness this guy's deal just seems like someone who is too red-pilled that's he's his just vibe. like regular regular delusional like, yeah like normal yeah. like normal delusional madness yeah he's like the the uh, I studied the blade guy. <laughs> he really is. Except he also studied Lao Tzu. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the same thing. Yeah, for him. Um, so yeah, his like compulsion is, I am going to cut off your head so that you will know the truth. Because of what Lao Tzu said. The, the, that like comes back later as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Tintin escapes from him and then is just like, oh well... That was nothing. I guess I will simply go back to... Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a great panel. He goes on a ship, and there's a great panel where he's just, like, looking into the distance and thinking, it says, well, I haven't learned very much in Shanghai. And that's that the end over. of the Blue Lotus. There's, that was great the episode, whole Yana. China adventure. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> um... But yeah, um, of course, that is not the end of the book. He gets kidnapped on the boat. There's like a fun little sequence where they kidnap Tintin and then they're like, oh, we'd better kidnap Snowy as well. <laughs> of course. Um, and yeah, then Tintin wakes up uh, in a mysterious room after having been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hello? 
Excuse me? This is another great sequence. Like the, I just really like the way... Uh, the, not, not just the way the art looks, but like the way the panels are like structured. Like he... There's just some great sequences. Like this sequence where he gets like kidnapped is just really beautifully um, mm. split up into like tiny little panels where you see them like... Yeah, I see him throw him into the water and then fish him out of a box uh, and then carry that away. And then there's just one where you see like a car driving away. So you're like, okay, imagine seeing this and you're at the end of of of, of the page on Le Petit Ventium. You're like, where did this lead? Like, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. really good atmosphere. Like the cinematography and the storytelling of yeah. it. Off the shits. So yeah, he wakes up in like a Chinese style bed. I wonder who drew that and knew what it looked like. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like Great goes bed. goes goes and explores the house and finds the guy he was trying to cut off his head the other day. Oh dear. Uh oh. And I just love that he's just like, oh, here you are. I'll have to cut off your head. And then his dad is like, Didi, stop that. No, don't be naughty. <laughs> And he's just like, yes, Papa, I won't cut off this guy's head. <laughs> it's it's very sweet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is Mr. Uh, Wang? Yes. You're calling him Wang. And I don't know I why. don't know if Wang or Mr. Wang. Wang. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Wang. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the, he is like the head of the Sons of the Dragon? Yes. Um, yeah, Tintin like sort of meets them. Um, there's a very good sort of panel where um, uh, Mr. Wang says, like, we are a secret society dedicated to the fight against opium, the terrible drug causing such havoc in our country. Unlike, damn, holy shit, dude. Um, if the, like, last night's, like, seven-hour deep dive into, like, the Opium yeah. Wars Wikipedia pages has told me anything, that, like, holy shit, is that not the fucking truth? Um, it's wild how, like, because the last book also centered around, like, some drug trade stuff. But in this one, it's real. Like, in this one, this is an actual problem that, yeah, that it's was like, happening in, in China. Last book, it was just like, oh, they're bad guys. They're doing a bad thing. Yeah. What's a bad thing? Uh, trading opium. That's a bad thing. But then in this one, it's just like, yeah, no, like, this is real like the opium trade is like funded like 60% of colonial crimes in the world in like the 1930s or whatever like it was an actual huge problem for China for like hundreds of years like here like it's just damn damn imagine like researching (laughs) (laughs) and putting real things in your book um yeah, we also learn yeah. about who Mitsuhirato is. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is? There's like a panel of yeah. uh, Mitsu, Mitsuhirato, Mitsuhirato, um, like uh, talking on the phone to someone in Tokyo, and then the background it just says ship, and there's a list of ship uh-huh. names and a list of de- destinations, and it just says cargo, opium, 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 opium. <laughs> Great stuff. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah, there's like a little cut-in scene of Mitsuhirato on the phone to someone in Tokyo and he's like, ah, I've gotten rid of Tintin. It's now time to enact our plan. Um, The plan we will talk about. Um, 
But what I wanted to note was that, like, when he's talking about the plan, he's like, oh, with enough propaganda, mm-hmm. we'll definitely succeed at this plan. And I'm like, oh, the propaganda. <laughs> just, like, it's like, Kaja, you get it. Like, like all the stuff that the Japanese characters are saying in this book, you're like, yes, this is propaganda. This is just fucking lies. So they can do colonial crimes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, there's going to be an incredible sequence later where they, like, show what the propaganda works like. I I just like the I just like the idea that like the, the fucking this this like big Japanese spy who has like direct contact to Tokyo is gonna talk about how mm, yes now that Tintin has been taken care of now there's nothing yeah. else in the way like his he has so much world impact here which didn't I'm have like, previously I think I'm really not sure like. Other than the contrivance of this is a Tintin book yeah. and he's the main character, like they didn't really have any reason to get rid of Tintin. <laughs> and it's honestly like kind of like the rest of the book is like that as well. Yeah. Like I noticed that like Tintin really doesn't have any agency in this book. Like all the stuff that like he just he keeps getting kidnapped by the Japanese, yeah. rescued by the Chinese. Like he's just kind of there, and like these political struggles are happening around him and through him. But like all the things that are done are actually kind of done by the Chinese, by the Sons of the Dragon. It kind of, like... It's kind of like it's trying to be a white saviour book and feeling at it. Yeah, he has no... I don't know. I don't, yeah. Like, I don't know, we can talk about this once we finish the end of the plot, yeah. but really, like, he yeah. doesn't have that much impact on on anything that's going on. He's really just, like, following leads uh, mostly, but, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this 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 explanation of like, of of the opium deals is like interrupted with Snowy barking, and it turns out that oh no, Didi has kidnapped him, and Didi. Th- this this page ends with the cliffhanger that <laughs> now he's going to behead Snowy, who can't do anything, which like yet again gets solved by Mister Wang coming in and being like Didi, no. <laughs> And Never do like, that oh, again. Sorry, father. <laughs> but this is um, also like something that happened in the last book already. That like Tintin was almost uh, sacri- uh, or Snowy was almost sacrificed. Now Snowy is almost beheaded. Like this poor dog. Poor Snowy. That, that, that's why he poured all his points into Constitution. Like she needed to get her HP up enough yeah. to be able to survive Journey Agarod with Tintin. Um, yeah, there's just like there's a lot of exposition on these pages. Again, like I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, I, I, these are too many words. I don't know. What yeah, to I'm just I'm here to look at the pictures. Uh, yeah, Tintin explains the the telegram he got at the beginning that he he managed to decode it, mm-hmm. which is the code is that you always have to read the first two letters of each word. Uh, and yeah. then he and then he's at the at the shortwave radio again and picks up a new signal. And on this one, the, the, like, coded message says, like, you know, once you've decoded it, it says, Blue Lotus 10 tonight. And then Wang explains, oh, Blue Lotus, that's uh, that's an opium den in Shanghai. So now we get Tintin to go into an opium den. And I remember this really fucked me up when I read this when I was, uh, uh, when I was like, 12. Because, like, opium dens were, like, really scary to me. Because people were on drugs, you know? I... I feel like this is this book was probably my first like 
time I knew about it, what an opium den was yeah. or like had heard of this. Like I don't think I had like a preconception of like oh, opium den. I was just like cool. Like I don't know. I probably didn't. I was probably like a kid, didn't really know what opium was. I was just like, oh, they just go in there and they lie in these little mats. I don't know what they're doing lying on the little mats with the little pipes, but yeah. I'm sure it's bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I just, I just got from context clues that this is a really fucked up thing to do to just to lie on these uh, mats, even though it looks comfy, but it's also scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like there. Uh, Mister Hudado comes in. Um, to do some like dark dealings, and whenever Mitsuhirado leaves, Tintin follows him. I do actually. I really like the panel where Tintin is like monkey clinging on to the wheel of the back of his car. Yes, I don't know. It's like quite like holy shit. He's just this child's strength score. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then we get to uh, Tintin uh, witnesses. Uh, the fuck, what's it called? The Mukden incident, which Tintin. was a real thing. Yeah. And the IRL reason that uh, Japan invaded Manchuria. This is so wild, this whole this sequence. This is absolutely wild. Like, I've, I've read this book, like, several times, been like, oh, okay, so they staged uh, the bombing of some train tracks, um... Where and that then Japan used that as an excuse to invade China, and like I didn't. It was literally like yesterday or this morning when I was reading the like history of the Japanese invasion of Manchuria, and the Wikipedia page was like, ah, oh, they staged a bombing of some train tracks. And I was like, wait a second, that happened in fucking Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is entirely real and like actually happened. And I'm like, wait, what? Hello. This is like unique to like. Not just it's not just something that hasn't happened to previous books, but I also don't think it's going to happen to this like in this way again, where Tintin just like yeah. witnesses a world historical event. Yeah, like just by coincidence. Um, yeah, because it's like you know in later books, like Hergé will invent fake European countries and fake places, and like there'll be stuff like this, but it won't actually be based on, like, the actual Japanese invasion of Nigeria. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, like, Mitsuhirado bombs the tracks. <laughs> There's then, like, a, a little panel of him just, like, calling the fucking police station, being like, ah, Chinese bandits have blown the track. Um, it's also quite funny how the the Mukden incident version in Tintin is actually more effective than the real-life Mukden <laughs> incident. Um, which, like, they, it, the Wikipedia says, page says, like, however, the explosion was minor. Uh, only a 1.5 meter section on one side of the rail was was damaged. In fact, a train from Changchun passed by the side on this damage, damaged track without difficulty. So, like, in real life, this was literally nothing. Yeah. Um, whereas in Tintin, the track is actually broken. In this one, it's in this um, one. I guess, uh, I guess he, he had to make it like, like, he made it like this, so it actually, like, Reads as a panel that the the tracks have been blown up. I thought you were gonna say so it was actually believable, and I was gonna be like, yeah, like yeah, in real life, also... they barely needed actually any excuse to do their colonial crimes. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the image of like what the railway looked like, and it's like you you don't notice like 
it's this is nothing. It's a very blurry black and white photo, of course, but yeah, I it's nothing. Yeah. Um this is also like once again like a really really tightly uh tightly paneled sequence like the the atmosphere on this one where you just like see like th- them being like now then to work and then you you see it you you just see like their shadows and like Tintin trying to uh trying to figure out what they're doing and then there's the explosion like it's it's just really really yeah. well done. I also really like that the reason that Tintin gets like caught by them is cuz he gets cold and he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like there's someone there and then um, there's this is also why then there's like a montage of how this, this uh, how this affects this world events this is like this montage is like the, the like I know I'm absolutely like blown away by like again the fucking nuance in it and like um just how clear the meaning comes across yeah because it's just like, you know, there's this montage of... And it cuts between, like, radio stations, radio announcers, the actual, like, site of the train tracks, like, people all around the world in various countries. Like, I think we see the um, the Maharaja in... Um, yes. I keep forgetting the name of where they're in India. And, like, various other people. And, like, it the, mon- like, the little kind of, like, two sort of line montage ends with a speech being given, presumably in Japan, where this guy is saying, like, Japan must never forget her duty as the guardian of law and civilization in the Far uh-huh. East. Glory to our brave soldiers who now have gone to defend this noble cause. And it's Damn. so fucking real. Like, what, if a, what if a country called themselves the guardian of uh, of a certain place? Uh, that would be weird. Would never happen. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Guardian it's of law just... and civilization. Yeah, and this is just and like it... a panel where there's like Japanese soldiers. Uh, what are they doing? They're like overseeing these Chinese workers uh, doing something. Like, I think they're just they're repairing the yeah. track. Um. Yeah, and there's again like a few panels of like the silhouettes of Japanese ships, of Japanese like armored trains, Japanese soldiers. Yeah. Like, there's a little panel of, like, you see the Great Wall of China, and then there's, like, soldiers with the Japanese flag. Um, it's, like, I don't know, it's just, like, it's so clear, Hergé's message, that, like, hey, this was all a lie. This is all just a plot. A, 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 what do you fucking call it? Like, when they fake the thing. Set up. Yeah. Thing. Um, just I just compared to cigars, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is a fucking. I, I don't know if this would be this good if we hadn't just come from cigar. I fucking. What do we have to have come really... from cigars? Because like, several plot elements are like a direct sequel to that, or to unresolved plot elements in that. So like, you you kind of can't like really look at this without the context of cigars being the previous one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's also a a panel at the end of a guy at the League of Nations, mm-hmm. um, which will come up later on as Gan, um, where there's just like again, and the Japanese guy is saying like, 
We have been forced to our utmost regret to send troops into China, for it is the good of China herself. And it's like, this has more understanding of, like, why country invade other country than, like, I feel like most people, like, in America or some shit, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really good. I than than your average lip. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I think. Um. Now we get back to Tintin. Yeah, back to Tintin. Uh, he's like, he's like held captive by, uh, by Mitsurato, Wang, and Snowy are like waiting for Tintin to come back, and they're they're like, where where could he be? Um, and then we have, like, a scene where, like, Tintin is tied up, uh, and, uh, Mitsuhirato says, oh, don't worry, uh, I'm gonna let you free, I'm just gonna, just gonna give you a little jab of this, and then he shows you the Rajaja Poison of Madness. Little sippy. <laughs> Tintin. Or, sorry, little stoppy. Yeah. And Tintin gets injected, um, he, he gets really, before, before that, he's really panicking that he's going to go mad now, and then he... He uh, he gets injected and then he does the classic singing, jumping up and down, uh, thinking yeah, he he's a chicken. Yeah, he knows the correct way to go mad. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what you're supposed to do. Yeah, because it turns out, like, then we have a page of him, like, dancing through uh, through the panels, uh, meeting up with Snowy, and then Snowy is like, oh no, Snowy, he's gone mad. Oh. Snowy's so worried about him. <laughs> And then Tintin explains him, you really think I'd gone crazy? I don't know why I didn't. Like, he definitely stabbed me. He's been faking this whole time. And then we see on the next page that uh, Mitsuhirato notices that it's not actually the poison that was in the bottle. It was just, uh, it was just colored water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the, the explanation for which is we cut to Wang's house and Wang's, like, assistant... A guy is like, ah, I've put coloured water in the place of the Hara Rajiha poison. I also took care of his knife and gun. And then we get, like, another little sequence of Mitsuhirado <laughs> first try to shoot Tintin, which doesn't work, and then stab Tintin, which doesn't work. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, then Mitsuhirato runs to the uh, to the, chi- to the I guess Japanese police in China, um, and uh, tells them that uh, I've, I've been half murdered by a young European who's a Chinese spy. His name is Tintin. So now there's like wanted posters for Tintin all uh, all over. Mm-hmm. Um, we see uh, like in the next shot, we see that the, the like police is patrolling there, um, and uh, one Chinese man is like, "Hey, you're you're the guy the Japanese put a price on 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 his head now, right? Come here." And then he hides him uh, and smuggles him like in this what's this called they're like the like the water carrier yeah. buckets um on like the stick that goes over your shoulder yeah um yeah and he's got tinted in one and snowy in the other it's great um and yeah like it turns out that this guy is the brother of the rickshaw driver that Tintin rescued at the start of the book it's all connected damn there's a plot damn you must make, uh, you know, if you max out your relationships, then you're going to get help from people. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it, and I like that. Like as he's as Tintin is like says goodbye to the the water carrier guy, he's just like ah, oh, a real friend. Yeah, just like just building the, the sort of relationship between Tintin and the people of China. Yeah. Um, but then this yeah. then this guy who who Tintin stopped from being racist is driving by again. Uh, Same guy from earlier. It's all connected. It's all coming back, set up and payoff. Uh, Set up and payoff. He sees driving. Okay. He sees driving past. Like Tintin is driving past, and then he sees that uh, Tintin is wanted. Uh, Five thousand yen reward. Um, mm-hmm. And then he tells the officers that he that he saw Tintin. He knows where he is. Um, yeah, yeah. The like Japanese army dispatch a bunch of like armored vehicles to go look for Tintin, but Tintin's good at hiding, and like they don't find him. And like they go back to the rich white guy, and they're like, um, "You fucking lied to us, one hundred years dungeon." <laughs> All for this one guy. Like, what's even the 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 like official reason why he wants him is just because he assaulted Mitsuhirato. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Great, and I guess the money as well. But like, mainly he was just like, "That's Tintin." Yeah. I also a shout out to the like Japanese armored vehicles, and because I obviously I was like. Okay, this book has real things in it. So I googled Japanese armored vehicles 1930s, and I'm like, yep, that is exactly what they look like, just like from Tintin. It does seem accurate. Uh, yeah. Well, I know we're saying this all the time, but it's just this book just feels like it takes place in an ent- entirely different world than the previous one. <laughs> yeah, like I I don't know, like I can't stop being amazed by it. I I I'll fucking repeat myself. Yeah, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, so Tintin escapes again. He uh, he ends up at the Wang's place. The Wang's place. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we see uh, <laughs> we see this 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 racist white guy being locked up because uh, he was lying to a military authority. <laughs> um, and then oh yeah, the Didi's mom is now really upset that there's just no way her son can be cured from madness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Tintin has acquired the Rajaja poison, or, or like this Mr. Wang has acquired it. Um, so now Tintin is thinking, hmm, maybe I go back to Shanghai, I can get the poison analyzed. It's going to be dangerous, but we could find a cure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like he says, he's like, they're like, oh, we got to go through, like, Japanese uh, military lines. going to be dangerous. Uh, but Tintin's like, don't worry. I'll, if I get to the international settlement, I'll be safe. And then we cut immediately to the guy at the international settlement who's like, we got to stop Tintin from getting in here. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I think, because the Japanese military, like, call him. Um, or no, actually, no, this is the bit where... So the guy, the white guy who... Um, like reported Tintin and got thrown in jail is uh, a chap called Gibbons and he's from like a big American steel company uh-huh. and like because he's a big rich guy like the international set- settlement then call the Japanese military are holding him and are like you better let that guy out of jail like he's really rich like this is this is bad we're making deals over money here um, and then like in exchange the Japanese military like you can't let Tintin into the international settlement and this is kind of the point of the book where I was like oh my god like the factional politics yeah there's this there's is... really so many factions here and it's 
it's once again so different from cigars because like the all these all these like incidents they they like kind of like it, again we said that at the beginning it doesn't really have like one simple plot or anything but the the way all these like you know it, if if this were cigars of the pharaoh right it would be like okay this guy has been captured by the military uh so he he's not gonna matter anymore when in this one it's like oh yeah. this this the, all these all these cogwheels right like what's has been captured that's going to uh that's going to have different consequences where that's going to come back to uh to bite Tintin again so it's not yeah it's really it's not as easily like resolved um which which really gives it the sense of like even if he was writing it from page to page it gives it sense that like things that happen matter and don't just happen yeah yeah like it's not just funny encounters yeah um let's it's not it's it's good instead instead of that it's good <laughs> it's, um, it's it's fun that we're amazed by like things mattering this is like this is like when fucking like like Brooks and Eddie stopped watching Game of yeah. Thrones and started watching like Filmet Alchemist and we're like, oh my god, competent writing? What's going on? Um, yeah, shout out to post Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, so now Tintin has to find a way to get into the city. Um, this is a very funny sequence. Pretty good. <laughs> the, the, actually, has one trick. Like it does this all the time. Where, but like also the one trick of. Funny disguise, like, also has a different path yeah. at the end of the book. Yeah. Like, it's all variations of the same thing, but it's he finds new ways to subvert your expectations. So in this one, it's like we cut over to the military people and we're like, okay, so this is this different faction. We're gonna see what they're up to, and they're like, there's a new general coming in, and then we see like this, um, this stern-looking guy uh, smoking a cigar. He has a with a very big tummy. Very big tummy, very big mustache. Very important. Big tummy, very important. He he like he 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 looks like a stereotypical like high high ranking military guy, and he does this like military guy routine where he's like you know observing all these soldiers and is like, uh, oh, so you haven't shaved four days detention. It's he also doesn't say anything. He just like points yeah. at the guy. And the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't shiv. And just holds up four fingers, and he's like, four days detention? Okay, sir. And like, it's so good. This this mysterious little fat guy on a horse has not said anything. They're so afraid of this guy. Like, he he he's just so commanding. He's, he's doing the same thing with a different soldier whose, like, shoes are... Uh, no, no, it's not the shoes. It's the, there's, there's a paper that's lying on the ground, so... Uh, so... He's like pointing with his staff at the paper, and then the soldier, oh no, you give me four days for this, and then he points eight fingers, and he's like eight days. <laughs> and then once his once his general guy is left, the soldiers are discussing amongst each other, like oh well, it sucks that this is our new general. Um, and then so and then another soldier show, shows up and says, "There's a guy, there's a guy who claims to be the general." And there's <laughs> th- then we just saw this guy in his undies getting like yeah he's like i was attacked on the road by a young chinese who stole my uniform um and then like we cut to like the four panels of like um the person who we now know to be tintin like turning around the corner and like this again really fun little like 
four square yeah. panel where Tintin is just like one, two, three, as he like takes off another like item of his disguise. Um, I love when FJ is doing this, this like really tiny panels. The really tiny panels are so good. Yeah. Um, and they're so good for just like quick yeah. like comedy beats as well. Um, and then of course the funnest part of all, which is the fact that like Snowy was his big tummy the whole time. Yeah. Snowy tummy. So yeah, Titan, uh now he has got into Shanghai, now he has to get into the international settle- settlement where he will of course be safe. Um uh oh, they're not gonna let him in because he doesn't have any papers. Um, there's kind of a funny bit here where he like takes off his hat and is like, but I'm white, let me in. <laughs> Come on. Um And they obviously they won't let him in because of previous plot shit. Um But he's Tintin, he does some hijinks, he does a funny bit where he like points at the sky, <laughs> the guys look up and then he just runs it's past so them. Good. I love that I I love whenever like uh does this because it's like in the previous, like the previous things that Tintin have done, has done, were all like really elaborate. It's like a uh, complicated disguise, uh, so I can get inside. And then, and then, and then in this one, it's just the classic pointing up trick. <laughs> Everyone's looking yeah. up. Like, yeah, it's really good. It's it's also like classic, like D and D hijinks when when you're like you're doing a big sneak stuff, and then doesn't matter, like. All your all your big plans didn't didn't work out, so you're just gonna you're just gonna run for it. It's just like last minute bluff check, yeah. And like you know, rolls his nat twenty. The DM's like, "Well, it works. <laughs> this is really stupid, but it works." Um, well, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it sort it of kind, works. It kind of works for for a few minutes. Driving away with the bike, then there's like a. This this action sequence where he jumps from the bang- bike into the uh, the trunk of this uh, into the trunk of this like uh, I actually feel like this is an accident and like he yeah. collides with the truck but just happens to be catapulted into its um, back bed which works out for him yeah <laughs> which like, again sort of feeds into my thesis of Tintin has no agency <laughs> yeah. He has a little bit of agency, like as a treat. Yeah, but, but yeah, in this one it really is just like, oh well, I'm gonna bump into this car, but luckily I'm flying up there. Um, and then he yeah. ends up going into a cinema to hide there. Yeah, this is this is again more payoff because like he goes into the cinema and like the movie they are sh- sh- showing is the one from Cigars that they like interrupted the scene off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, little reminder to the uh, to the reader that uh, there was a character named Rastapopoulos I mean yeah I mean this is not really relevant um, but you know just fun easter eggs yeah. for people who are pointing out um, things um, but yeah there's also like there's also there's also like a little scene about like in some international cross country runner and it's like again I didn't even google this but I am absolutely sure this is a real person yeah. that like of a thing that really happened and like it's gotten to this, it's page thirty three, and I've gotten to the stage in the book where I'm just like, you know, I am sure this is real. <laughs> like this is a thing. Um, There's a bit where uh, the next like the next like next like new segment bit that it cuts to is a uh, is a dog competition. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. there's a dog on it that looks just like Snowy, and then Snowy starts barking. Yeah, 
Which now he says, Awooga. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. She says, Woo Woo. And then um, we learn about Professor Fang Siying uh, in Shanghai. Yeah. Uh, who just came back he's from the, America and he's the world authority on madness. Mm. He knows that at which point, madness is when at, he starts singing. <laughs> he knows that madness is when you start singing, uh, but sometimes when you start quoting Lutze. Yeah. Um, what I like is that, like, in like one panel ago, Snowy had been barking at the dog show and Tintin was like, quiet, Snowy! But then, like, they show the, like, the little documentary of Professor Frankie seeing seeing and like Tintin like jumps out of a seat and is like that's the cure and like all the other people in the cinema are like quiet <laughs> yeah it's a fun like um beat I was saying yeah transition I don't know I don't know what anything is called I don't know how to use words <laughs> um what are what are story terms you know what are how, think, how does this like work? listen if you start a podcast about like media and literature, it's very important that you don't know any of the terminology <laughs> no. used to talk about these things. Um, yeah, so he runs out of the theater. Uh, he asks the rickshaw driver to bring him to Professor Fang Siying's place, uh, but he's not there. He hasn't returned. Yeah, I'm like Tintin waits again, again with the, like the little small panels where there's a scene of Tintin with like a little cup of tea, but then above that panel is just like a clock yeah. like going past and past. It's very like cinema. It, it is. Um, it's cinematic. Um, but yeah, so the last place that uh, Fang Seeing was was at uh, Mr. Rastapopoulos's house. It's, hotel even. it's weird that he's here for this little cameo yeah, weird just little coincidental cameo um for the real fans yeah. um i don't know why this is yeah, the we, character that rj uh decided to bring back for just like four panels but you know yeah just never show up again weird um yeah so we we go see rest of populace is like oh but he just like what's going on um which leads Tintin to like investigate the place that Rastopopoulos has pointed out to him um and he finds a business card uh which reads W.R. Gibbons uh which yep we know that guy that's the racist guy again <laughs> god all fucking connected I can't believe he keeps coming back just a just a rando who was so mad that Tintin didn't let him assault a Chinese in like in like Shang- the street of Shanghai, like in like the place where he, not that like hate crimes against Asians would be good when it's not in China, but like in China, like it's so fucked up. It's yeah, like because all again, like reading up on like 1930s Shanghai, it's like that, that, like it was there were so many Westerners living there, it was like I don't know what the, the ratio was, but like just the fact that the international settlement was there and it was like pretty big yeah um and just like there's a huge like western population in shanghai uh to the extent like where it was quoted like there was a quote that was like oh shanghai the paris of the east that like yeah it's basically a european city at this point the amount of white people that are there so like i know it just i think it really speaks to the attitude of westerners in shanghai like being the way that it's where they just walk around like they own the place because of like 
you know, because of how financially invested and like how much they control like the business around the place, they basically do own the place. Um, which is like kind of the kind of similar to like what uh, you know the the colonizers were in India or in Congo, right? Like the. That that didn't yeah. matter to Ashley back then. Like he didn't he didn't think that through. Yeah, but like now he fucking gets yeah. it. Um, yeah. So Gibbons just is just like, oh, I don't, I didn't know, Fang Ying disappeared. Uh, I just met him last evening. The Tintin walks out, and as we see him like leaving, as we see him like, yeah, he he he's just talking to like someone else outside, and we see like Gibbons from the inside, just like looking at Tintin, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna call the chief of police, let him know that I saw Tintin and where he's going." Yeah, yeah, just like Tintin is really like not being very careful about. He's just walking around. Yeah, like he at at, at the latest when he met Gibbons, he should have been like, "Oh no, this guy doesn't like me." Yeah, it was weird because it's like, you know, he's running away. He Okay, so, like, the things that have happened in, like, the last three pages, it's like, he escaped the Japanese, tried to go to the international settlement, the international settlement try and, like, arrest him or whatever. Like, he escapes the international settlement, tries to go to Fang Ying's house, uh, some other stuff, like, arrives at Rastapopoulos' house. Like, everywhere he's gone, the people have been, like... Ah, uh, Tintin. Now we will arrest him. <laughs> like, and I don't know. It's just like every like colonial power in Shanghai is like, right, time to arrest Tintin. Yeah. Whether it's just like the Japanese, the international people, like businessmen. Again, I'm just I get I'm sitting here in awe of like the difference. It's good. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, this this time they like actually succeed in arresting him uh, and. <laughs> Like, there's this bit where Tintin is like asking, "Why did you, why did you even arrest me?" And they're like, "You know, we don't need a reason." <laughs> yeah, you don't have papers for you don't have papers, so that's a reason. There you go. Like they just find an excuse. Uh, and he actually, <laughs> he didn't even just get arrested. He has, he is condemned to death. Uh, there's like there's like this the sequence where we see like the, the soldiers patrolling and like leading him through the street uh, and there's there's this notice that says uh, the council of war uh, condemned the prisoner Tintin to death guilty of espionage attempted murder of a Japanese assaulting a senior officer illegally wearing a uniform uh, and for three days he will wear the tablet and be paraded through the streets as a warning to the population so. For, Tintin get so shamed. Yeah, and, and and this actually like this actually the the three days like you'd think he'd get out of this, but no, like he is paraded for three days through China or through Shanghai. Yeah, like and again, I think like that kind of I think um, comes up later um, because like. So yeah, some stuff happens where Mitsuhirado is like, Tintin, here is a thousand dollars, but you have to do counter your espionage. Tintin is like, basically, literally throws Mitsuhirado out of his cell along with all the money. <laughs> um, it was quite a funny panel of like one of the Japanese army guys being like, so did he refuse? And Mitsuhirado was like, well, how did you fucking guess? Um, and like, 
eventually, like, so Tintin gets, like, broken out of jail by uh, the Sons of the Dragon and, like, comes to meet Wang. But then, like, at the end of the sequence, there's, like, a little panel of, like, some Chinese people, like, talking to each other. And they're like, oh, my brother told me, like, and he heard this from one of the guards that, like, Tintin escaped from the prison, like, right under their noses. And, like, it feels like Tintin has sort of become, like, a mascot of, like, Chinese resistance to the people of Shanghai. Um, Which is, like, quite sweet. And, like, it kind of starts feeding into white saviour stuff. But then also, like, Tintin hasn't really done any of this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't have... it doesn't really read like a white savior thing and more just like, um, I don't know. They, they just like him, I think. Like, it, it's not like yeah. it's not like he saved us, but he was like nice to us and we don't want the Japanese police to win. So we're gonna we're gonna help him. Right. Yeah, like, that's that's yeah. more of what it reads to me. Yeah. I guess, like, him it's being like, the main character of an adventure story, like, will unavoidably, like, kind of give it a white savior bend, but it's, it's like, not, like, really of because of what he did. Like, It's like, so, that, like, the contrivance of, like, Tintin goes to the Far East, and, like, the sort of setup is really kind of, by default, is going to be like, oh, Tintin yeah. goes to the Far East and sorts out all their political problems. And it's like, okay, great, time for a white savior narrative. But then the fact that, like, the setting is so nuanced that the, like, characters, the Chinese characters are, like, actually acting and doing stuff. They're not, like, just, like, how good the setting is and how much the Chinese people are actual people in this one. It's, like, it just make it escapes all that. Yeah. Yeah, the the basic white savior narrative is like definitely what Edge had in mind when he first like decided that the next place Tintin goes is going to be in China. But then like all these stuff, like all this all these things happened where like he <laughs> made a Chinese friend and it like made him completely like reconsider the thing. Like that's where it's why like it was also originally going to be called Tintin in the Far East. That was the original title yeah. of of this supposed to be but he also changed it to the blue lotus because he was like no it's it's not really like a story about Tintin in the Far East it's it's like a story on its own like something that stands on its own it's not just a, it's not the same thing with it with when he went to the Soviet Union or when when he went to Congo yeah because like so far it's been like a Hey, check this place out, and then Hergé makes up stuff about the place because of the people who've paid him to make up stuff mm. about the place. And then here it's like, hey, I'm going to have an actual fucking story. Yeah. I do want to actually shout out, because while he's like sort of waiting in prison, waiting to be executed, there's a cut of like one of the Japanese soldiers like sharpening uh, a sword. And like, it's like this first of all it's the same type of sword as uh mr wang's mad son has which i think is like a dada or a dao um i don't again i'm just like the fact that i recognize the sword type as being a real chinese sword like ah things are real but like the the sword sharpening guy is like oh you see tomorrow we have to cut off his head with one chop and it's like it's kind of like it kind of makes you think of who's the real mad one in this you know Mm -hmm. it's making you think The real madness was imperialism all along. Yeah. There's another great sneak mission bit. Yeah. Uh, where 
I, I quite like this sequence because it's like these all these military people. They're like, we need to check everything. Tintin escaped from prison. We need to like check everything where he could could be hiding. So they're like checking out the rice sacks um, that are gonna be transported out. They're like uh, running a bayonet through all of them, and then and then like one of these Chinese tanks is driving by. And they, the person from inside the tank is telling this soldier that uh, I made a fool of you. Tintin was in one of those sacks. They're all like really perplexed. Um, yeah, they're just like, oh my god, you have to get after him immediately. Yeah. We gotta go. What's going on? <gasps> Follow um, the rice sacks. But it turns out oh, Tintin was sacks. actually in the tank. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so this is just like one of Tintin's more convoluted plans. Um... Possibly not the most convoluted one in this book. There's going to but... be one that I don't understand. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Although, again, like, I say one of Tintin's more convoluted plans, but there is a shot of, like, Tintin in the tank, like, talking with Mr. Wang, and it's like, they're talking about how, like, their plan, like, they're like, oh, it's our lucky day. Everything went like clockwork. And it's just like, they came up with this plan together. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he just... I don't know how he did, like, I guess he just knocked out two people, because, like, that's... Yeah, like, I think they just stole the, um, the armored vehicle. Yeah, because they, they find, like, a guy lying under, under one of these vehicles. Yeah, yeah, who, uh, yeah, I'm assuming is the guy that, um, yeah. they knocked out. Um, but yeah, so, like, they escaped Shanghai, so their next step is, um, what's his face, Fang Xiying? Yes. Uh has been kidnapped. Do we ever find out who kidnapped Fang Xiying? I think it was just Rasta Populous. Like, it was just the... Oh, yeah. It was just the... Sorry, the, the, yeah. the guy who will never come up again. No. Leave that out. Of course. I was, I was, just, I was just joking. <laughs> just making a hypothetical. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, if, just to, 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 to pick out a name of the name yeah, of the guy it's like, we, we just... It's yeah. like saying Tom Cruise kidnapped him, you know? If, I mean, just yeah, yeah. Garfield kidnapped him, right? Like... <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they've got to go to Hukau uh, to pay off the ransom, which again, like, is like a real, I think, is a real place. Yeah. Um, which is like six hours and twenty five minutes drive away from Shanghai, according <laughs> to Google Maps. Um, it's like on the banks of the Yangtze. Um, and there's like a sequence of Tintin like getting on a train. Um, at some point, they have to start walking because the Yangtze like flooded. And the train lines are underwater. And as Tintin is walking to Hukau, ah, uh, we meet, here comes the boy. We meet a special boy. We meet a special little guy. Um, yeah, so like Tintin sees him drowning in the river, rescues him, um, saves his life. And he's like, hello, I'm Chang Chongchen. What does that rhyme with? <laughs> Who might this be representing? In the like the the French name of this character is like Chang Chongren, which is like literally just one letter changed from Zhang Chongren. Like, yeah, like like because the English version is Chang Chongchen, and it's like that's that's like a that's like funny that's like fucking Cho Chang level of funny Chinese yeah. name. Um, but like the original French version is a lot better, being like Chang with like a T yeah. C H at the start and stuff. Um, there's a this, yeah, oh, this this conversation yeah. they're having here is funny. 
<laughs> it's it's like really funny, but the fact that it's so like earnest yeah. is actually it's really sweet. Um, because Tintin is like like so. Um, Chang is like, oh my god, you saved my life. I thought all white devils were wicked, like those who killed my grandfather and grandmother long ago. Um, during specifically during the Boxer Rebellion. Mm. Now, where have we heard Hershey talk about that before? Um, and then so Tintin explained, like, Tintin's like, Chang, all white men aren't wicked. And then Tintin, like, lists a bunch of stereotypes that, like, white men have about Chinese people. There's, like, a drawing of, like, all, all Chinese are cruel and cunning and wear pigtails. And there's a drawing um, of, like, a cruel and cunning Chinese man in, like, the yellow mm-hmm, outfit mm-hmm. with, like, the little blue hat and the pigtails and the, the, the funny moustache. The same um, way Hergé might have drawn them in, like, one of the previous books. <laughs> and the same way he's going to draw two characters <laughs> in two pages' time. This is so good. Um, he also talks about, like, people talk, like foot binding and like throwing babies in rivers and stuff and being like that's what people believe about China and Chang is like damn they must be crazy in your country <laughs> Chang thinks it's um, hilarious yeah and like they think it's hilarious and oh my god it's just it's so like hi I'm going to insert like my friendship with my yeah. friend Zhang and like how we learned about each other and like how he taught me that to not be racist be not as racist. Um, yeah, this was his, like, apparently, like, I mentioned before he was going to give uh, Chang co-credit, or Zhang co-credit for the book, uh, and he refused, so, like, instead he wrote him into the book. Yeah, if you would take credit, I'm putting you in the damn book. <laughs> Bro, I love you. You're going in my book. Um, it's, it's, like, again, it's, like, it's very, like, what's the word, like, Simplistic. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's the sort of why can't we all just yeah. be friends sort of version of don't be racist, but like it is it's still just earnest and sweet. Yeah, it works it. because it's earnest. Um, and then yeah, so they have to like go to Hakau. What's going on? Like Mitsuhidato is like after him, and like I, I'm looking at this page. I don't remember it. Yeah, it's more like. More like interfectional like stuff. Yeah, like so and the who is this other guy? Is that the, the I the think he's the chief, chief of police, police yeah. of the international settlement. Again, like they're talking like money is exchanged. Um, yeah, like they get a they make a deal to. Yeah. Um, um, the go kill Tintin. Right. So it's like. Mitsuhirato says to says to the chief of police, uh, Tintin is in Hukau. I I want you to get him arrested. And the police chief says, Well, that's Chinese territory. I don't have jurisdiction there. Um and then Mitsuhirato says the Chinese wouldn't refuse the permission to go after a European uh and then the mm-hmm. chief of police is like, But he hasn't committed a crime. <laughs> what like, I'll just I make one up, don't worry. And then Yeah, and then Mitsuhirato says, "Well, you you can you could you should arrest him on suspicion of kidnapping Professor Fang Xiying. So they're mm-hmm. basically yeah framing him for finding the guy for for like, kidnapping the guy he was actually dead to find. Yes. Oh, and then 
<clears throat> like the reason that the chief of police like agrees to do that is because he owes like a lot of money yeah. to Mr. Mitsuhirato and like Mitsuhirato is like, well, if you do this, I'll cancel your debt. So do we know just, why like, it's like this. a customer of his like opium sales or what's the? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it might be. It's not. Yeah, it's not it specified. But yeah, they get to a call and like this is the funniest sequence <laughs> of the whole book. <laughs> Uh, it's time for two, our two special boys. They're here. Took a while, but they're here now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the Thompson twins, and they are the ones who've been ordered to arrest Hinton because, like, you know, they're white, so they're, they can go arrest the other white guy because mm-hmm. that's how it works. Um, so they go to Hakao, and... And they hate it. Like, they're like... <laughs> This sucks, we have to arrest a friend. But orders are orders. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> just looking at these panels. <laughs> and they arrive in Hukau, and they are dressed in some clothes. Uh, which, again, the like the yellow robe, the blue hats, the long pigtails, the funny moustaches, but this time it's just the regular tops of yep. clothes, funny moustaches, and not the funny racist Chinese moustaches. Um... And they're just like, ah, just as well we came in disguise. Imagine the sensation we'd have caused coming to a place like this in European clothes. And then we cut to the next panel (laughs) where they're just, it's the Thompson twins, they're walking down the street. It's And again, this is a huge panel. It takes up literally half the page. And it's like, they're going down the street and like the entirety of the town of Hakao is following them and laughing at them. Um... To which the Thompson twins have said, mm, don't look annoyed, but something tells you we're being followed. <laughs> this, this is, is great. just incredible. And again, it's like, this panel has so much like empathy for the people of China. It's just like, hey, like, these guys are fucking stupid. Like, they're the stupid white guys that I mentioned a page ago. Um, like... This is like imagine it's just like this is a page which just like imagines what it what it would be like to be Chinese and have this happen because it would be the funniest fucking thing. Um it's just so good. I just love the, the when they're like imagine how imagine the sensation would have caused coming to a place like this in European clothes. Like sure. Which like it's just yeah, it's just like, really really t- great like comedic execution. Cuz like at this point we already know like if if this had happened, like, at the beginning of the book, we'd be like, oh, wow, uh, we don't know what Hergé's view of, like, the Chinese is. <laughs> right, this yeah. one, it's been, like, well-established that this is a dumb stereotype, so... And also, like, Tintin has spent most of the book in, like, like Chinese clothes. Yeah. Like, in the little blue outfit that um, all the people around Wong wear. Like, regular, normal Chinese clothes. But it's just the fact that the Thompson twins... They don't know what Chinese clothes are like. They only know the stereotype um, of Chinese clothes, and like they they just wear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to to Italy and just blend in by like wearing a full Super Mario costume. Listen, I'm gonna go to Italy and I'm gonna blend in by wearing my Bruno Bucciolati <laughs> cosplay, and no one's gonna notice the difference. Yeah, the okay, Pasiona really people famously gonna... dressed to blend in. <laughs> Okay, now I really want to go to like a convention in Italy and wear my bitch That would be really lit. Um, yeah, Tintin is like happy to see them at first. He's like, "Oh, 
hello. <laughs> what brings oh, yeah, you here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, poor soul. How do we tell him? <laughs> We're here to arrest you again, like we did in the in the whole of the last book. Yeah, I just like. Tintin is like, well, okay then. He's like, bye, Chang. I'm being arrested. I have to go. <laughs> and like, you know, he just like walks with them to the police station. Why is he going with this? I just, I don't know. I think it's just, it seems that just because he is friends with yeah. the Thompsons, I, he does like them. He, he was just like, okay, yeah, I will go this way. Um... I think he is genuinely actually just going along with it. Yeah, I think he's. I, I think he's. I think he's also like it's. It's the Thompsons. There's like what the what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Which I mean, yeah, fair. Like, what really is the worst that yeah. could happen? Um. So yeah, like they they get to the police station. Uh, the Thompsons hand over a piece of paper to the. Uh, police guy which supposedly says all Chinese authorities are hereby directed to render whatever assistance may be required to the bearer of this past um but the guy reads it starts laughing and then just kicks them <laughs> great um to which Tintin is very confused the superintendent is like oh you're free to go and he's like okay and uh, leaves and then meets up with Chang he's like hey guess what I did a funny trick <laughs> Tintin is once again just going along with the plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of works. Like I, I, I'm not saying this in, in a way of oh, Tintin has no agency or Tintin has no character. I think it kind of works with his like, with his character to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna roll with it. I'm just gonna walk out of here if they, if they let me free. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like when I say Tintin has no agency, like it's kind of a bit, but it's also just like. Tintin does so much less than what you would think the main character of a book yeah. would do in a book. Um, yeah, so the the note that the the note actually was replaced by Chang, and it says, "Fuck, what does it say? Where is it?" Uh, it says, "In case you haven't noticed, we are lunatics, and this proves it." <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, um. They. I think the Thompsons just kind of leave the story. They're just like, "Hey, I'm gonna come back in a few yeah. pages." Um, oh, they, oh yeah, <laughs> but just for like more funny slapstick. But their outfits leave the story, and therefore I just kind of forgot it's about. It's so funny that the like Mitsuhirato's like big plan to like bribe the uh, chief of police is like it fails purely on like Thompson and Thompson being the two people sent out to capture him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you sent that you sent racists and buffoons and therefore it didn't work. Yeah. It's this is the only good type of cop that is the 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 absolutely incapable cop. Yeah. Yeah. Um there's a whole bit where like again Tintin is like chilling out, like not worried about anything, does some tourism. Um gets assassinated by a photographer mm -hmm. or, sorry attemptedly assassinated by a photographer um yeah he just wants to take a picture then, with Chang yeah oh my god are there any pictures of like Herge and Zhang together I'm sure mm -hmm. I'm sure that I'm gonna I would like to see it I'm gonna look this up real um, quick yeah what else They and then they just kind of don't get assassinated oh yeah they find out some stuff about 
the... I'm gonna post this pic of Ashley and Chang, like... Oh! Around, around this time. Because, uh, obviously, I also met up again later, but this is them being young. Oh my god! Oh, the height difference is really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like... So, oh. in this picture, like... Uh, Zhang is like standing one step of the chair of the stairs higher than um than Erge is. Uh, so yeah, they're, like, and they're the same about height. The same height. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then there's also pics of them like in the seventies, uh when they met mm-hmm. up again. Aww. In the eighties actually. Oh my god. Yeah, damn, that's fuck. Imagine you don't see your friend for like fifty yeah. years. Oh. Yeah, the photographer assassin. Oh my god, they're <laughs> hugging in that other picture! Ah! Again, the height difference. Lit. Fuck, okay, fuck, plot, plot. Like, I'm trying to get to the end of this book because I'm running out of podcasting yeah, juice. Because the, we've said too much things. Um, all of which have been the same things of, the book is good. Yeah, um, yeah so the photographer tells them that the reason that Fagsi and got assassinated is so that there wasn't going to be an antidote to the madness poison. There's a bunch of... St- I don't fucking know. They go back to Shanghai. Yeah, they go back to Shanghai. We get another Thompson sequence where, like... Extremely they, good. They, they see Tintin. One of them is running after him, but he falls down the, like, uh, stairs that you... Ex- like, the train thing. Uh, the train stairs. He falls down on his nose. He gets brought into the hospital his nose is getting all bandaged up mm-hmm. uh, and then then he sees like in the hospital he sees Tintin outside waiting for his train uh, the other Thompson is running out uh, as he also falls down the stairs and now they're both in the hospital and that's it for them in the exact same bandage outfits <laughs> they've got to be matching at all times <laughs> they've got to be fall um, down the they've got to fall down the exact same thing like it's <laughs> It's at the exact same angle. Um, it's 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 very funny. Yeah. Um, they so yeah, Tintin and Chang get back to Shanghai. They sort of yeah, they end up like doing more investigating yeah. of uh, Mitsuhirato, um, where they like sneak into his house. Okay, I think I understand the thing that I didn't understand later now that I'm going through it again, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. this is like the sort of final uh, sequence of the book, really. Yeah, yeah they go to his house, uh, they uh, they see that uh, Mr. Wang's uh, servant has been chloroformed, uh, all, the, all the Wangs have been, like, all the family has been kidnapped. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They find a note that says Blue Lotus on it, so they're all running mm. to the Blue no- Lotus. Suspicious. And they're like, Actually, I don't understand how they get in there at the end. Okay. Because then they run to the Blue Lotus, and they're like, they're sitting in the car, and they're like, oh, wow, how do I get in without being recognized in disguise? And I would see, like, this guy walk in who is, like, who has, like, a round head like Tintin, uh, but he has a long black beard and wearing uh, sunglasses and a hat. He's very small as He's well. Very small. He lies down at one of these opium uh, mats, uh, and then the like guy working at the opium den is like going towards Mister I'm sure this is him. He's here. He he's wearing a fake beard, but it's him. Uh, 
and then they start like beating up this guy and pulling on his beard and it turns out it's it's real and he's actually uh he's actually the con- the consul of Paul Davia which I don't think is, is that it. one of the European countries that are Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the fake European countries yeah. that makes up later. But just like the bit where like oh they've got this guy they're like oh I've got you Mr. Tintin I'm, I'm I'll pull your beard off now and then the beard just like doesn't mm, come off. Mm. <laughs> Extremely funny. And then it turns um, out Tintin was actually hiding in the vase behind them. I don't know how he got in there. <laughs> Yeah, I guess like he just saw the cover of the volume and was like, "Well, I'm in a vase, so I guess I get I guess I'd better do that at some point." I guess he might have like I don't know. I'm trying to put this together because this is the one thing I don't understand in this book. How did Tintin get into that vase? Like they do the whole thing about mm, how can we get there? Maybe as disguise, and then it's just in the vase, but we don't see how he gets in there. So I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like this is another like like one of Tintin the sort of Tintin mysteries like oh how did he beat up those three yeah. fucking shredded seat guys like how did he get in the vase like this is just you know I'm adding this to the list of Tintin's exploits yeah. under teleporting into a vase. Uh, yeah, and then they're like, okay, midnight tomorrow, they're going to be, like, they they kind of overhear the conversation, uh, or like Tintin is kind of spying on that conversation. I guess he's just, like, climbing out of the vase at this point. So I guess he just, like, found a moment where... That's my only guess. That he found a moment where nobody was looking, climbed inside, and then waited until they're done. Well, but... this, uh, this does kind of come up later, yeah. like, in the plot. Because, like, eventually th- there's a confrontation between Mitsuhirado and Tintin. And Mitsuhirado is like, Aha, I saw you leave the Blue Lotus. So I guess the, like... The way the vase is kind of a shit hiding place is sort of intentional, and like maybe it's kind of intentional. Maybe we are like, how the fuck did he get out of here or in there's a lot of there's a lot of um, like JoJo's logic of uh, I actually wanted you to spy on us, kick me in the dick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so we we see like a ship's like opium barrels being loaded in and then we see like Tintin being in one of these barrels um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we see like this this opium like transport taking off and then we cut to like Mitsuhirato talking to uh to Wang uh or Wang Wang or Wang I think we agreed on Wang I've been saying I think the reason that I think that his name is Wang with an O is because I've been saying Wang like I've been saying Wang with an A, like Wang. Yeah. So that's probably what's confusing me. And either way, the nice old gentleman. Yes, so they're like talking about how, haha, you, there, there's no way you're going to win now. It's not like it's not like an adventure story where the hero rushes in. And meanwhile, Tintin is like hiding there. Uh, they're opening the they're opening the barrel barrels and he's like, haha, I knew you were in the barrel Tintin because I saw you hiding in the vase when you climbed out. Mm-hmm. They're tying him up, uh and Mitsuhirato is doing like a Bond villain speech, how he knew it perfectly yeah. well that he was there. Uh like he's lighting a cigarette, being like, mm, I told myself you certainly wouldn't be able to resist mm. such a good opportunity, so I sent you a drop. I am really winning now and I need to I need to uh, savor every moment of this. 
And now I will expose the grandest, greatest villain of all. <laughs> no, I will just a friend of yours, Mr. show Chinton. you who was behind all of this. And what? It's just too populous. Oh, fuck that guy. I thought it wasn't going to come up again. Oh, my God. It's the one guy who's been in this in the previous book. And in the previous book, there was a guy who, uh, whose face was, like, obscured. And we didn't know who he was. And now in, in this one, this, this one character shows up again. And there, there was this unsolved mystery. So mm. it's really shocking to see him back. Um, so, like, this, like... There's literally no reason for Stopolos no. to come in here and be like, like, cause he did, he did like a whole big speech of like Rastapopoulos, Roberto O. Rastapopoulos, you've been trying to spike my guns for a long time. Me, Rastapopoulos, king of the drug smugglers, Rastapopoulos who went over a cl- like. It's so just, funny. He's really just like. There's there's a bit on the Wikipedia page for Rastapopoulos where it's like. Hmm. Many critics uh, liken Rastapopoulos to be the Moriarty of Tintin's Sherlock Holmes, uh, someone who, uh, you know, who Tintin can never quite uh, escape. And it's just like, they had like no relationship prior. Tintin thought he was a friend up to this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's, and then Rastapopoulos like does this whole speech as if like uh, you Tintin have always like been grinding at my be- my gears, always always there. Um, you thought I died, but I am here. I'm Rastapopoulos. I have this tattoo of the uh, Pharaoh kiosk from the last book. If you remember that, that was a thing. Yeah, because it's like t- like. Tintin is like, no, that's impossible. And he's like, oh, you won't believe me? I've got a fucking tattoo of the, like, drug smuggling organization. Like, he's just, what, just, like, doing the utmost to make sure that Tintin knows for sure certain that Rastapopoulos is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it really mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. I'm kind of wondering if, like, at the last minute, Hergé was like, okay, well, I can't actually, like, could make make the Japanese out to be the the villains of this story. I have to introduce like like I'll, I'll never actually get away with that. Yeah. Like it has to be someone else the whole time. Like I don't. I have a different the- uh, theory. I think it's just he he wrote cigars of the pharaoh, and he knew at that like in that book he was like oh but it's gonna be a two parter so we're gonna leave off the. The, the name of who the big villain is and I'm gonna reveal that in the next book and the next book is gonna be all about that but then he got like distracted mm-hmm. in making a good story instead and like doing the research <laughs> and making it about like like these complex political machinations and then like towards the end he remembered that fuck I still have to oh, yeah. reveal the villain yeah <laughs> like uh, like it's, it's it's like it's kind of like um like this, this this podcast has been like a Narnia book. In the at the start of the podcast, we were like, you know, there was the funny fakir, there was the funny pillow joke, and then we like enter into this world of like political nuance and empathy towards the Chinese. Yeah. But now we've gotten to the stage of the book where it's nearly time to leave that zone and bring back like the original villain and kind of remove some of the nuance. And now it was just a big bad guy all along and. You know, I'll miss Narnia. <laughs> but I hope we get to go back someday, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Like, they're having a moment of 
this is this is there's, there's just a few pages left, but it's really looking mm-hmm. bad for Tintin. Uh, really, he's gonna get his head cut off for sure this time. <laughs> One of the pages ends with like the the sword being swung at him, and finally, but like they're all tied up, and all the bad guys are like looking at at them, and it, it's a good thing they made their speech so long because they 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 really had to save at this moment, and then. There's a gunshot gun. uh, that exactly hits the blade of the sword. <laughs> yeah. That breaks it in two. I'm not sure if that works, but I'm not a gun expert, so I don't know. Listen, Chang... Okay, Tintin put all his uh, points into strength, Snowy put all his points into constitution, and Chang has put all his points into, like, dexterity and doing gunshot good. So he can just shoot a sword. Gunshot now. accuracy. Yeah. He's He's been training. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like the fun the fun reveal at the end of the book is like Tintin is deceived. Tintin is like, oh, bravo, Chang! Like Chang comes out with like a bunch of like his friends. They were all in the barrels. We thought you thought this was a cruel, misleading, uh, twisted, misleading by Hergé, where you thought only Tintin climbed into one of the barrels, but actually they were all in ev- all of the barrels. Oops! All all barrels. No opium. <laughs> Yeah, no <laughs> opium. A bad opium shipments. What did, what do you think they did with it? Probably threw it in the sea. Probably. Um, but yeah, Tintin does like a I meant to get kicked to the dick type speech where he's like, I knew perfectly well I'd been seen leaving the blue notice nonetheless and then like tells them how all the um the the sons of the dragon climbed in the barrels instead, it was them all along, um and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, and then there's like a last big reveal when they're like, mm, but where is this place where we have been kidnapped to? Uh, and they're like yeah. climbing up the stairs and going through the doors and Ba-ba. it's the Blue Lotus. <laughs> we find it. It's the title of the it. book. Leo DiNardo. Leo DiNardo? Leo DiCaprio point. Leo DiNardo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we get like... We find out the Blue Lotus was the the real opium smuggling base the whole time. There's a um, insert of like the Shanghai newspaper where like they they talk about how like Professor Fang Xiying has been unkidnapped. Um, there's like an interview with Tintin. Yeah, like the whole plot has been revealed. Um, I don't know if it like does it, I don't know if it said like the plot was revealed by Tintin or if it was just like he was involved. I feel like Tintin sort of does take credit for a lot of what yeah. the Dragon did. Um, but the the sort of the thing about this page is that the second half of the page it takes place at the League of Nations, um, where they the fact that like the the railway incident was all like a plot is revealed. Oh shit! Yeah. So basically, um, in the list of things that Tintin did was. Uh, <laughs> Expose Japan's schemes in China and force them to withdraw their military, end the like invasion of Manchuria, and resulting in Japan leaving the League of Nations. Like Tintin did that. Did you know Tintin did that? He did that. Because yeah, like there's a whole speech about like at the League of Nations, the guy is like, uh, "Japan, you did this stuff," and the Japanese delegate is like, "I deny these accusations. This is not true." However we will withdraw from the our forces from China to prove our innocence mm-hmm. and also we're leaving the League of Nations like there's a whole big like speech and like again it fucking nuanced and unreal wow yeah one panel um, where they just walk out 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it's fucked up that the actual guys in power don't get like punished for it at all. Like they just, you know, because we see at the end that the Mitsuhirato is he commits suicide. <laughs> the last page it says, which is yeah. Weird. Yeah. But like he gets his comeuppance, I guess. But like all these other like political, um, big political figures, they're you know they have to move out of or they 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 resign from the League of Nations, right, and withdraw their two troops. But like it's still like the, the the actual guys in power, they don't really get like any comeuppance. I yeah. I wonder if that's something that would ever happen in real life after like mm, yeah after like a country invades another. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I wonder if just like continued um, conflict uh, between uh, China and Japan, China and Japan over this sort of thing would sort of continue over the next, you know, seven to eight years, culminating mm-hmm. in some kind of like Battle of Shanghai in like nineteen thirty-seven, which I don't know might have started World War Two or not. Who could fucking say? <laughs> I like listen. I just I read so many Wikipedia pages last night. I have a bit of a headache. <laughs> I just like oh my god, <sighs> international relations in the east, in the far east in the nineteen thirties. Um, where everything happens so much. Oh my god, um, and it's and, not. You know, yeah. you don't learn this at school. You you can only learn this reading tentative. <laughs> uh yeah, we're well, basically at the end of the story. Uh, yeah. The, Thompson, Thompson show up twins. once more. Yeah, they do a funny fall. Um, oh, um, also Professor Fang Seeing discovers the antidote to the madness poison. Yay. Um, yay. They're all crying. Yeah. They're all crying that Tintin has to say goodbye. I guess it's the exact opposite of what happened to like FJ and Zhang, where like Zhang had to go back to China, and in this one it's like Tintin has to go back to Belgium. Yeah. I hope they meet again someday. I sure hope so. He's on all of these panels in like this last page. Tintin has a tear in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chan gets adopted by the Wangs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because his, uh, because his, he lost his parents. Um, yeah. But it's sad. He found a brother in orphan. Tintin, and he found a family in, uh, in in Wang. So. Yeah. Can you think of any other kind of relationships between a European and a Chinese person where they were described as brothers that might be relevant to this narrative? Um, I, I, I'm sure it's nothing. I don't know. God, I'm exhausted. To our <laughs> podcast, let's fucking go. And that was the Blue Lotus. I was a Blue Lotus. Oh, remember <sighs> when we were good. like, maybe it'll be easier to talk about when it has a plot. Yeah, but it's too much. The plot is just fucking good. Yeah, there's just too much good things. I really enjoy all the. Even 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 if the plot is convoluted, I like all the like machinations of the different like different people, different factions. It's not like it's not so much double crossings as as it's just like all these different people who are in power, uh, and they all like I I don't know they they interact in, in they interact in like really fun ways uh, that make for make yeah. for cool story twists. Um, yeah, and you know all the attention. To uh to to real events is 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 really cool. I really enjoyed this one. How 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 would you rate this one, Sarah? I honestly like. I'm giving it. I'm giving it five out of five. I'm giving it five, uh, five lotuses. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving. 
I I could go with a five. I was I was thinking if I want to go for a five immediately on our second episode, but it's really like I don't I don't know like maybe you know like it was a little like convoluted, but just the fact that it was like the feeling of like okay no, but these like were actually the real politics yeah. and like the way it was just so empathetic towards people of Shanghai. I I don't like I just have to. Give it five out of five lotuses. Yeah, it's just really fun to read. Um, it it's as good as like Aritintin gets. Like it's gonna reach different heights, but that's gonna be a different comic at that point. Like when th- th- and it doesn't. I don't think it's gonna be like the best Tintin comic, but it's the best one of this early period. And it's it's a very unique type. Like we said, uh, there's there's you know, actually doesn't do real world politics much after this yeah yeah and like i wonder if the other things he does will have the amount of like complexity and nuance that this does just because this is just like taking from real life all right so one thing we talked about previously but didn't make sense on our first episode is to rank uh, all of the tintins that we read um, okay, well, this is, this is number one. This is a pretty clear ranking so Easy. far. Blue Lotus is number one. Cigars of the Pharaoh is number two. Yeah. Will it ever stay there? I think it's going to stay there for a bit. That's my prediction. Because the next one is... I don't even remember what it's called. Um, uh, broken Ear? The Broken Ear. Tintin and the Broken Ear. That's one I don't remember at all. I, I think that might be the one that has the word fetish in it. <laughs> Great. I think. Because that's how I first heard the word fetish. And obviously, I know that it means small statue, and that's the only thing it means. Yes, when you have a foot fetish, that means you have a little statue of a foot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, I do have, I got a little statue of a foot because I got a, I got like a Shar Aznable figurine and you have to like put it together, but like his just feet come off, so I do have a small statue of a foot and it's Shar Aznable's foot. Great. Um, so, all right. Uh, I'm really exhausted. I'm uh, fucking dying, Squirtle. Do we need to plug everything? We plugged everything last. No, ceramic costumes. That's me on Twitter.com. Yeah, I'm stuff. a channel shopper. You know where my other podcasts are. You know what they are. We mentioned them yeah, last episode. Sure. Uh, well, folks. Tintin made Japan withdraw from the League of Nations by exposing the Mukden incident. <laughs> did you know that? He did that. Tintin did that. <sighs> Tintin did that. Tintin real. And Tintin did that. Well, we'll see you next episode with the Brock Near. Yeah. Um, see you for fetish time. And until, until then, <laughs> fetish time, sure. Until then, fetish time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>